Welcome back, everybody, to the Holy Questions Podcast. I'm Michael Sainum. This is Father Gerard Alba. And we're so glad you've joined us for our third episode. And um, What, what? <laughs> number three? Yes, number three. A lot has happened between our second episode and our third episode, just in the world, um, with the uh, invasion of Ukraine and um, everything that's sort of flowed from that. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today was hope. And is hope possible uh, when you look at the world? Because I don't know about you, but the last two years that feel like two decades uh, has certainly upended, I think, a lot of our certainties about the world and the way the world works and the way that the future might look. And so... um, you know, I don't know if anybody had the threat of thermonuclear war on their bingo card for 2022, but you know, it's it's um, it almost feels like the the world is moving at a pace so rapid it's hard to find kind of a still place in the storm, and I think it's hard, especially maybe if you're younger, well, maybe if you're any age, to uh, practice that virtue of hope. And so we thought um, we talk a little bit about hope today from a human uh, and spiritual perspective, uh, sources of hope, things like that. So we had a quote from St. Teresa of Avila, one of my favorites, uh, doctor of the church, uh, mystic, uh, theological, spiritual teacher. Um, She's a badass. (laughs) She is a badass, yes. (laughs) And um, if you haven't read any of her work... um, Oh gosh, no! Uh, now I'm forgetting the name of her autobiography. It's not "Story of a Soul." That's Saint uh, Teresa, the Little Flower. I think it's the Book of My Life. I I don't know actually the the, the title. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but it's a beautiful her autobiography. Is beautiful. Um, I actually found that a little more accessible than the Interior Castle, yes. um, which everybody tries to read, and I think I only made it to like the second, <laughs> the second, second man, the second mansion. So. That's probably where I'm at spiritually, too. Anyways, um, so this is a a quote from her we wanted to read. Hope, O my soul, hope. You know neither the day nor the hour. Watch carefully, for everything passes quickly. Even though your impatience makes doubtful what is certain and turns a very short time into a long one. Dream that the more you struggle, the more you prove the love that you bear your God. And the more you will rejoice one day with your beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Just a, a beautiful, we thought a beautiful um, quote on hope because the theological virtue of hope, the spiritual virtue of hope is kind of knowing the end of the story and having faith in the end of the story which as she puts so beautifully in a way that only really a, a mystic probably can put it, um, you will rejoice one day with your beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. And, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the mystics, mystics are people in our tradition who have kind of had a preview of an experience of deep purification, like a death, and then it's like a, they get a taste of heaven in this life. They get a taste of union with God. And 
one of the beautiful things about the church is their gift is our gift. We share in that gift. Not everybody's called to it. Um, so Teresa's not really talking just from um, from faith that this is going to happen. She's had a taste of this happiness and rapture. I mean, she was kind of known for that. So she's speaking in some way experientially about uh, an experience of union with God. Yeah, I, I would say actually that we're we are actually called to all of us, all of us. I love that. All of us to uh, to be mystics. Um, that yeah, we that our our hope is based on our our faith. The and. Our faith isn't, uh, um, our, our belief, I guess, our faith isn't based on um, what someone told me, you know, in, yeah, in one that. sense. But it's that, no, I've, I've encountered it myself. Be, I, I believe in the one, you know, in this person since I've had this encounter with, with a living God myself. Then I can hope, you know, I can, I can hope for the things to come because I, I trust in him. Yeah. yeah, and trust in him. You, you know, that's okay. So let's get off on a tangent. Yeah. Okay. Come along for the ride. Um, you probably get asked this question a lot. I get asked it a lot as someone in ministry, a, a youngish man. <laughs> there, there, sure. <laughs> there was a time I was young. It's not too long ago. But I some kinda, would say you probably still are young. <laughs> some would. And they're yeah. probably, probably depends on where you're standing. That's true. Um, but I get asked that question a lot. You know, why are you in ministry? Right. In nicer ways, they might ask you, you know, why, why did you choose the priesthood? Yeah. And I always kind of find myself a little speechless because it's all flown, out, like it all just flows out of a relationship with God and Christ. Right. And the reality of my spiritual life, which you named so beautifully, is... I'm not here because somebody told me this is what to do or told me you're going to have a great experience of God someday. Right. Like I'm not in this room doing this work based on like secondhand witness. Like I've experienced God. I've experienced, um, you know, a drop of that ocean of love, you know, and it tastes and I've, and it's, it's, um, through those hospitable spaces we talked about right. last week, like yeah. through a process of discernment and uh, uh, prayer and their struggle also, like I've come to know God in Christ and it's a living and active relationship. And so when I think about hope, like St. Teresa of Avila, it flows from that. Yeah. So, you know, our, our, our father in faith, you know, Abraham, um, yeah, he, he leaves and pursues because of the encounter. Uh, and no one in our scriptures like ever do anything without first an encounter with with the living God um, uh, or or an angel, right? That's yeah. something that is like ah, this is from the divi- from divinity himself who's given this to me, and so I I, tr- I trust in yeah in this person in in the, in the messenger you know who's come to me, and then. They, they pursue what yeah. was presented to them, um, and so Abraham leaves everything behind, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the disciples leave everything behind, but it's to follow. Yeah, uh, what has been presented to them, or who is presented to them, and so which is really beautiful. But I think yeah, for, for us to really have hope, um, 
in the way that we're talking about hope, the way that St. Teresa is uh, speaking of hope, it has to be from an encounter. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything big. For example, um, I think just trusting that you have been made, right? Like our, your encounter doesn't have to be like this profound thing. Um, it can be as simple as you have a profound in- encounter with with creation that points you to the creator mm-hmm. and you're just in awe of the beauty and majesty before you you spoke a little bit about that of a turning point in, in your life when you were at the lake of the ozarks yeah. right and then yeah you see everything all around you and you're like wow this is amazing even even something like that then you can long you can recognize then even that everything has been made by a good god mm-hmm. that um, even my own longing so you know, we speak of that, like, since I long for the infinite, like not in the, um, and I long for something more mm-hmm. beyond anything actually I can, I can make, do, or, or place uh, in my own life. That means, um, and if that longing is good and it's true, um, then it will be fulfilled in a way that only God can fulfill. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something with our hope. Like, since I hope for these things, yeah something beyond anything I can I can think of. I don't even know if I can fully imagine what that will be. Um, I, I know that it will happen mm-hmm. because of uh, yeah, this, this longing is true. And I believe that my God, who is good, has created me with this longing and hope. So yeah, yeah that you'll fulfill that promise in my life. Yeah, and you, you touched on something. I think that's from C.S. Lewis, like if I have a hope or a desire for something beyond this world, then, you know, odds are that I was made for, for more, for something beyond this world. And actually, I was having a talk with one of my friends, very successful guy, mm-hmm. um, and he was actually reading C.S. Lewis. I think one of his uh, coworkers had given it to him, but he touched on that because he's had a ton of success. He's very talented, very gifted, and uses those gifts well. But he kind of touched on but I'm always wanting something more. Like mm-hmm. it's never, it's ne- it's never enough. Like I have success after success after success that this is one way. Right. And then that almost becomes a breaking point because you realize your heart wants something more than just success or money or establishing your identity. The longing doesn't go away that that ache for the infinite doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so even your success kind of can become a struggle because I think it was Jim Carrey that said this. He said, I wish everybody could have all their dreams come true. Like his was to be an actor, get rich, get famous. Right. He's like, cause then you could realize that that's not it. That's not it. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause a lot of people still haven't achieved that whatever that goal is. Isn't that what a midlife crisis is? (laughs) You're like this, everything you plan, you hope for. And and you're like, I, yeah, I got everything. Like I, you know, I worked hard. I got, I got the job that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I got, you know, the, the family life with all these things. I'm like, and yet I'm still unsatisfied. Yeah. What, you know, then like, what did I do wrong? Right. Like, do I need, maybe I need to make some changes in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Buy that red convertible. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, Maybe I, didn't, I should have. I shouldn't have sacrificed that, you yeah. know, to get this. Maybe I'll do something else. Yeah, yeah. So the, I think that's yeah. I think that's a, the description of a midlife crisis, yeah. right? You've gotten everything you've had that you've kind of wished for, and then you're like, 
this, this isn't, isn't it. it. This yeah. is not it. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's another way into it as well, whereas, which a lot of people struggle with around the world, which is they, they don't have access to those types of things. Right. And that's their, that's their struggle. That's their, their difficulty. So, um, but in the same, in both senses, you can, you can awaken to this sense of hope that we're talking about. You can long for something more. You can long for that infinite um, connection with the God who's created you and sustains you and loves you. Yeah, I think, well, uh, now it goes back to, for me, the Beatitudes, like, like blessed are the poor, mm -hmm. right? So these are people who are hoping and almost like the, the mighty will be thrown down, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So they're the ones who have a rich, who have you know, affluence, all this power, and they're like, but I'm not yet satisfied. It's like they have to be, they have to let go of all these things first and be made poor again, you know, experientially, and then to have that that longing again and and a, a hope for some for yeah. that they will receive truly what they want, not based on what they're capable of, you know, what they're earning themselves, but that there is a a good God, a good lover, a good giver mm -hmm. who will provide that for them and. To be able to live in that, mm -hmm. you know, in, uh, in in every moment, You're like wow, yeah, that's I a, already have everything. That's I need. a great point because if if you do read the New Testament, the people with power and status and wealth are often the most miserable. I mean, you look at like even the story of King Herod, right, where he's sure, he's yeah. kind of forced into killing John the Baptist by his his own political designs, or you look at the rich young man who walks away sad, right, and Jesus looking at him loved him. Right. But he still walked away sad, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Or even Punch's Pilot, he seems like a uh, you know a prisoner of his circumstance as well. So there's there's all kinds of wonderful re reversals in the New Testament that that point us, I think, to something deeper, right? Which is when life or the life as you thought it should be falls apart, and I think we talked about this in our first episode, but that's an opportunity for, for God to enter more deeply into your life or for yeah. you to enter more deeply into God's life. Yeah. Um, because you're finally kind of seeing things outside the filter of your own preferences for how things should be. And you're starting to see things as they are and you're starting to see reality as it is. And when you see reality as it is, you're, you become open, I think, to experiencing God in a way that you can't if you have kind of blocks up, um, the blocks of your own success or the blocks of your own. I think Thomas Keating calls it our emotional programs for happiness that are like always operating when those kind of fall away. Right. Which as we enter into Lent, we're kind of trying to destabilize some of those so we can enter more deeply into relationship with, with God and Christ. Um, yeah, today, you know, Ash Wednesday, um, or we're recording on Ash Wednesday. I don't know when you're going to listen to this. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ash Wednesday. Um, yeah, right now I have ashes on my forehead, but uh, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's a um, remembering that, yeah, oh yeah, I, I am I am dust, you know. Um, and in some ways, re accepting that reality. Um, and that, like, yeah, God is so much bigger than I am. And everything that I have, in some ways, is already a gift. I'm not dust right now, in mm -hmm. some ways, right? Like, I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm all these things. So everything in my life uh, is a gift, you know? Um, and I can be, yeah, and I have gratitude for that. 
and remembering that actually like whoa i am just us but but look what i'm able to experience mm-hmm. um and i can uh, yeah i can return then to have that proper relationship seeing my god as a um, as this profound giver you know who, who loves me and sustains me by by his love at, at every moment um but the other part too is that when we not only we put ashes on our foreheads um but that it's in in the mark of the cross you know mm-hmm. uh, my yeah my god who is yeah who is god made himself like me like a dust also mm-hmm. um and to take it on so that i can be opened up to be even more even more um so that i can share not only as part of his creation but now part of the divine life mm-hmm. you know beyond this world which so, is a promise for us so that's funny because you've given just an incredibly beautiful kind of hopeful um, understanding of the ashes, right? In what would normally be from the outside looking in one of the grimmer, (laughs) you know, one of the grimmer liturgical (laughs) actions that takes place, you know, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. And yet when I was walking over (laughs) to this room uh, to record this podcast, there were people leaving the parking lot and they weren't leaving after communion. They were leaving after their ashes. Right. Right. Yeah. People want their ashes. <laughs> that people want their ashes. The parking lots are full in churches today. And I think there's something, there's some human longing there right. for that message. So, some part of us, some primal part knows this is true and I need to be present for it. Um, but it's not a holy day of obligation. And yet it's one of the more popular days uh, uh, to attend mass. But um, yeah, and somehow it's sort of, yeah, something, yeah, as you yeah, said, primal, it's something core, yeah, core truth yeah, some, somewhere uh, there that's spoken that I, I need to, that well, I need to and, hear. And you mentioned it, it, it does say that every day is gift, mm-hmm. right? That you did not birth yourself and you will not choose your death. You know, I mean, every breath is a gift. Yeah. Um, but I will say, and, and us Catholics do this well, we, we often talk a lot about the fast or maybe the guilt, but it's all the precursor to the feast, right? Right. We're, we do 40 days of fast fasting and we do 50 days of feasting. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, and it's not, I think some people, and I think some part of our kind of spiritual culture can overemphasize the fast and the guilt but it's always the precursor to the feast and the joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people stop at the, <laughs> at the ashes. And uh, like St. Teresa of Avila said, right, that you're beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. Mm-hmm. We almost get kind of embarrassed by it. Like it's almost too much joy. It's too much love. You know, it's like right. the gaze of God's love makes us decidedly wiggly, you know, uncomfortable. But but yeah. ashes, I'll be there for the. <laughs> it's like I'll be there for the ashes, but the sacrament, of, <laughs> you know, of, of, uh, the Eucharist, right? Where, where you know, uh, I experience that divine intimacy, right? In mm-hmm. the uh, in the breaking of the bread, and and, and right, uh, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to leave before we, we, we do sure. That. I, you know, I, I for myself, for example, I mean, for a while, there's sometimes we there's a part of us that sometimes get uncomfortable, um, like for myself uh, with. For a long time, I really did not like celebrating my birthday. You know, there's some, like, because I was like, mm. why, why are you celebrating? You know, 
it felt weird. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad that I'm, I'm with you guys, but there's a part of me that's like, I don't know why we're, you're celebrating me. And at my birth, I didn't accomplish anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, just, just for the fact that I am, you know, mm-hmm. which is a, a beautiful practice uh, that we, we do that to remind ourselves like our, that we are good and we celebrate you because of just who you are, you know? Um, and I think there's something like that. Maybe, yeah, there's too much. And also for, for my own self, uh, even my call uh, to, to the priesthood, um, I, yeah, I remember like saying to the Lord, like, Lord, I can, rec- I can receive that you love me and, and care for me. And I can receive that you, um, yeah, you're calling me for something good, but to be a priest, like I'm, I'm not worthy. You know, I've, I've rejected you again and again and again. In, in my Depart life. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a yeah, sinful man. Yeah, for I am a simple man, yes, as St. Peter says. And and then God the Father just said, you're rejecting me right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> you're right, thank don't, you. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'm over here like, oh, I'm rejecting you, I've rejected yeah. you. And it's like, you, right now, you're rejecting me. Yeah. We're rejecting this gift I'm, I'm offering you. And I'm like, oh, right, yeah. And yeah, so let me receive your love. Yeah, and doesn't Jesus, he doesn't even address, you know, Peter says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Right. He doesn't say, uh, your sins are forgiven. He no, just nothing. sees right through it. I think he just says, yeah. do not be afraid. Yeah. Like, you're not talking out of a place of um, of honesty even. Correct. You kind of, you're, you're uncomfortable with the love that I'm showing you, calling you, and you're, you're giving me an excuse, like, get away. I'm just too sinful. I think you mentioned earlier, when we live in reality, we see things in a different way. So living in reality ultimately is humility, mm-hmm. that you're, you're living in truth. So yes, it's it's acknowledging the, yeah, my sinfulness, so the guilt, right? And the, yes, I, I've committed these things, but I also have to acknowledge how how truly beloved I am before my God. And and yeah, I might highlight, it's highlighting also all the good things too. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I need to be rigorously honest of the bad things in my life, maybe that I've done, I'm responsible for, but though I might also rigorously honest mm-hmm. of of the good that I do, you know, of the blessing, my my intentions, my um, and also that I I have been chosen and uh, by by my God um, to be to be more and to accept that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's both of those things. Now, uh, uh, as we started this podcast, it's like we want to have to talk about hope because of the things all around us that are mm-hmm. feels like unstable, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, with everything else, like, yeah, things seem to be going wrong mm-hmm. or in when we perceive it. Um, and, and the, the virtue of hope, um, helps us to, to, yeah, to be able to remain because, yeah, we, we trust that somehow God is holding these things that it's not just all bad, um, you you shared your uh, prior to you wanting to talk about hope. You shared with us your your blog. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and I, and you you, you kind of gave two images. Like you 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 have yeah you with your delighting in your in your children who are, mm-hmm. who are playing. You know, um, and then then thinking about the the children uh, in Ukraine who are, yeah. who are you know fleeing for their life, and then like how how can this be? You know, but I, I think when we have hope, we, we can hold both of those things together. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's a part of us, we feel guilty that we have these good things because mm-hmm. other people are, are experiencing something bad. Um, but to say, actually, no, like there, there is good actually in, mm-hmm. in every place, you know? That 
uh, even in terrible times, like uh, as a as a priest, being with people who are suffering terribly, um, like in uh, experiencing death or whatever, uh, we can talk about the good things too. You know, like we can laugh. You know, yeah. about about certain things. So um, I was like a, a I hear from a comedian that um, you can only laugh when you have hope. Mm. When you have hope, um, because there's somehow this is not everything you can't laugh if, if this yeah. suffering horrible thing whatever it is in front of me if that's all that's in the forefront of my mind i can't really laugh because everything's too serious and that, that that's it i can laugh because there's something more actually yeah the, even this suffering it, it'll end you know um and there's actually other things that are, are i need to acknowledging all the, the joyful and wonderful things at the same time Helps me to have, um, yeah, have have hope that this isn't it. You know, this is not the end. You know, the evil, the suffering. There's actually some something more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the tools for that is, for me, one of the reasons I wrote that is, you know, I think through my hands. So you know, like, I don't know what I think until I write it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but part of the writing is is spiritual because it's reflecting on my life. It's reflecting on, um, how God is speaking to me through my experience. Yeah. And there's a lot of spiritual practices. I'm thinking of like the examine, uh, uh, from Ignatian spirituality that I do every night. And it starts with, um, you start with connecting with God. You start with however, you know, however you do that. Um, so you start with prayer and then you start with gratitude and you just Begin. go through your day and you let kind of the gratitude, the good things from your day float up mm-hmm. and you savor them mm-hmm. and you, it's a good word, savor, you savor, you relish, you know, St. Teresa of Avila says, if God takes you to the wine cellar, drink all the wine, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, don't say I'm not worthy of it. Drink all the wine. Cause there'll be days you don't have any wine. Right. Mm-hmm. But so you savor, you relish it. I normally try to pick four or five concrete things to savor and relish. Then you can move in and do kind of a, an hour-by-hour hour examination of your day. What went well, what didn't go well, where you fell short, where you lost sight of hope, maybe where you became overwhelmed by suffering or overwhelmed by something else. Um, but you're walking through your day with, with Christ. And it helps me and helps a lot of people see and maintain hope just having like concrete practices committing to doing that at the end of every day um but i thought about that as we talked about hope too because as with all the theological virtues faith hope and love it's part us and it's part god mm-hmm. at, at work here right if we think about the mm-hmm. cardinal virtues fortitude mm-hmm. justice temperance um there's one more anyways that's all us like those are good habits we need Mm -hmm. to do but the theological virtues are part us part god Mm -hmm. and so we can practice hope Mm -hmm. by committing to these like daily prayer practices i know for you you've got the liturgy you've got mass you've got something for me that we probably share um that i've found as things become decidedly uncertain is returning to the liturgy of the hours so because I know that the church around the world is praying that, like I know the Pope's praying, <laughs> you know, evening prayer and morning prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about Liturgy of the Hours, uh, I use an app called iBrevery, which is really helpful. But 
it's the prayer of the church, and it's the prayer that um, all the clergy and a lot of laity mm-hmm. are are committed to praying every day. And um, so, even in the midst of all the uncertainty and anxieties of of the world, there's this constant prayer mm-hmm. going up to God. And to me, that consoles me. Even when I don't feel like praying, I know somewhere somebody's praying. Right, and and that's yeah. We talk about that. The, it's everything. Uh, part of the great liturgy, mm-hmm. you know, the cosmic liturgy, that yeah. um, it's all of creation. Is, I just, can I stop there? Yeah. Cosmic liturgy. Mm. That's a great, that's a great couple words. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That all of creation is, is praising God. Um, and, 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 and that, yeah, all, all of humanity from past, present, and future are entering into this one great liturgy, you know, um, that's eternal. That's basically that stems from united with the the Trinity. You know that that's never ending, um, and so that's part of source of our hope, right? It's like yes, yeah, of this eternal love that that holds all of creation, and we are we're, we get to be a part of that. Um, the word I wrote down on my on my sheet as, as you're sharing is rituals, rituals of hope. Like Amen. there's um, there's something yeah something that you do. People will talk about that, that when you do have some certain rituals in your life, they do bring hope and a sense of, of order. The people who tend to have a lot of anxiety and, um, in their life, to feel un- uncertain, is because they don't have things that ground, that ground them. Um, and, and rituals can do that for mm-hmm. us. Even it's like, yep, I, even though the world's going nuts and every, we're going to still do this. And, and it, that how, somehow like grounds me. Yeah. To, to, this, again, that all these things all around me might continue, but there's there's these things that can that uh, it's always here. You know, there's something yeah. about that like it's always here. I remember during yeah. uh, in the middle of lockdown 2020, I was working at the cathedral, and we had um, we did Easter vigil. And the bishop was there, but we couldn't have people, mm-hmm. and so I was trying to run a live stream, and it was not fun. But <laughs> it felt very prophetic to be in that dark, empty church and be lighting a candle. Right. Because it was a very scary time. This is like initial lockdown. Yeah. And it was kind of like I found comfort from being with uh, that small community of faith. Mm -hmm. But it was almost like, we're going to do this. Like, even though everything shut down, we're going to celebrate the Easter Vigil. Right. And uh, it just, just, it was a ritual of hope. Um, and I wrote about that too. I, it was called keeping the vigil, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. staying awake, which Jesus talks about a lot. Yeah. And I think part of that is staying awake to hope because certainly Jesus and those first apostles and disciples on every metric suffered more than I'm suffering now <laughs> like yes, on every very. possible metric. Um, they faced persecution and struggle and plague and, you know, infection. I mean, just, you know, um, they faced hardships that, uh, I love that. Would uh, break me. (laughs) The the Paul list, you know, it's like, I I was shipwrecked, (laughs) you know, I was, yeah, all these things. And he just lists them all the ways that, yeah. And yet experienced, they kept the faith, they kept hope. Um, but I think it's the expression that they kept the faith, but sometimes, no, the faith kept me. Right? That, that, yeah. There's something yeah. about that yeah. too. 
That's like the, the, there is yeah. a certain, and I don't know if it's just uh, American circles, but there is sort of a keeping the faith versus uh, like I'm keeping these. Uh, I'm keeping my intellectual assent to this set of doctrines, right. which is just like mental willpower, right? Right. Whereas I'm keeping faith in God. Like I'm keeping that relationship alive. Right. Part of that relationship certainly would be doctrines, rituals, liturgies. But you have faith in God, like you would have faith in a trusted friend. Right. Right. Versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know everything about this friend and I'm mm-hmm. saying that it's true. You're like, a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look, you can know someone really well. Like a stalker or a fr- I just thought of like, are we talking about God stalkers now? <laughs> like, pe- like people that like know everything, but don't know, but don't know. Are him. you stalking God or do you know God? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. To keep him in the sense, but we looked at them through our yeah, binoculars, seeing everything that they're doing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. I think many people do that. I think yeah. honestly though, that's, yeah. I mean that, that image I have of, it's kind of like the people asking me, like, what the hell are you doing with your life in ministry? And it's like, they're looking from afar. And I'm, right. I like, I want to give them, yeah. try to give them access to this right. living, vital relationship that's changed my life. You know, one of the reasons why I, I, I stopped uh, with social media, you know, is because I felt like um, I was a peeping Tom. I'm like, they're, all these people are just opening their windows yeah. to me. Yeah. And I can see what they're doing all yeah. the time, but I have no relationship with them. Even with my friends, it's like I just pass by and like just watch my friends, but I never go actually and yeah. go in and say hi yeah. to them. You know, yeah. I just stand outside the window, yeah. watch what they're doing. Okay, it's a weird image, but um, <laughs> but it is. I yeah, mean, but that's, that's there's yeah. something like yeah. that, right? Like we just allowed ourselves to just hey, let me just open the window. Yeah. But um, back to back to the idea of of hope that it does require again. It's founded in faith. It's founded yes. in this relationship that we have. Um, before the lockdown, um, or during the lockdown, I, that was a powerful prayer for me, um, Pope Francis, when he, when we, we prayed for the whole world. You know, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was him in St. Peter's Square by himself. Like, yeah. and it's dark. It's raining. I remember that. And uh, and there's just like this, just light where he, he steps in, and and the the gospel that he chose is, um, the disciples. You know, in the boat in a stormy mm-hmm. sea, you know, and and Jesus is asleep, you know, in in the boat, and I think sometimes that somehow again the image can can either bring out fear that somehow wait, what what like he's asleep? No, you know, and because they wake him up, and then and because it's it's from our our fear, you know, but rather than like oh well Jesus is fine, maybe I I should be okay too, yeah. you know, in in this. So, so for us who who know who who he is, that he is a good God, he doesn't like turn his his eyes away from us. You know that he's not incompetent. Mm-hmm. That he's falling. He's like the guy who falls asleep in that way. But it's actually like no, he's falling asleep because we have nothing to worry about actually, and he lives in reality. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so oh, if he's not worried, like I'm not worried too. Um, I see that this interest relationship with with parents and kids as well that. I see the the kids who tend to be really frightful or whatever. It's because their parents tend to be mm-hmm. also, you know. It, uh, I, I see, yeah. When the parents are themselves are, are have hope and joy in the midst of terrible things, then their their kids feel the same way. Like 
oh, I don't have to be afraid. It's like little kids when they fall, right? Mm -hmm. They first look around like, how should I feel oh, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if people are like, oh no, then they start crying because they're like, oh, this is something I should be worried about and I need to cry about it right now. But if they're like, oh, it's fine. Come on, yeah, let's get on up. And, and they just bounce right back. Yeah. Yeah, they almost have to look first to see in the, in the source of their security if this is dangerous or, you know, or, or not. And there's something like that, I think, um, when we walk through this, this, the, this the, these times. I look to, towards him, you know, who is my source of security. Or maybe we have other sources of security, and that's why we, you know, we're afraid, you know. Maybe if my source of security is what the, the you know, the, the people market. in the news yeah, are yeah, telling <laughs> yeah. me, or, or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. or stock market, or whatever, and then it's like, oh, man. If they're saying it's bad, then I need yeah. to, you know, I need to worry. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, with with that, I know we're we're gonna be close to our, our end of time here. Oh, we are. Yeah. Um, but thank Good you. Talk. For, yeah, thank you for listening <laughs> to us. And and that's part of the beauty of all this is that uh, it's meant to be an ongoing conversation. Hopefully, as you listen to us, you begin conversations and ask new, and hopefully ask new questions. Yeah. As well from from it. And we'd love to hear your questions. Again, we do have a email set up: holyquestionspodcast at gmail dot com and. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, reactions, comments, uh, questions. Um, so that's always open as well. Um, we wanted to close with uh, a prayer from St. Teresa of Avila, um, probably her most famous one. This was actually found in, uh, it's funny, because we were talking about eye breviary. Sure. This was a bookmark um, that was in her breviary that was found after her death. So this is probably something she looked at as often as she prayed the liturgy of the hours. And she, maybe she needed to hear, right? Yeah. This is something, yeah. again, a ritual. Like a ri I need yeah. to, I can, I need these words yeah. for today, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'll look over it. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's prettier in Spanish, but we're going to read it in English. <laughs> <laughs> Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.